0: Well, we'll complete our Remembrance Day stories for tonight with, um, with an uplifting one. Um, more than 10,000 First Nation Inuit and Métis soldiers, some 12,000 really, fought in the World Wars and the Korean conflict. And for decades, as is well documented uh, now, uh, their efforts and sacrifices were mostly ignored. That has started to change. At last, there are a number of initiatives out there dedicated to honoring the role that those many thousand played. Um, In many cases, they volunteered, right? They had to volunteer. One of them is called the Indigenous Veterans Initiative, and it was introduced by the last Post Fund in 2019. Now, the fund itself has been around for more than a century for all veterans, really to make sure that all veterans have proper grave markers. But now the program has de- dedicated itself to providing grave markers to indigenous veterans, also adding traditional names to existing ones. Uh, and since 2019, they found hundreds of unmarked graves and provided more than 165 headstones. Lately, most recently, eight Mohawk veterans from the Bay of Quinty who served in the First and Second World War have now been given proper military headstones Chief of the Mohawks of the Bay of Quinty, Donald Maracle, says Indigenous veterans were historically not afforded the same benefits as other veterans upon their return from war. What's important for Canadians to remember is that uh, Native people could not be conscripted into the military because they didn't have the right to vote during the First World War and the Second World War. And so they were not seen to be British subjects that could be conscripted into the army. That was uh, the chief of the Mohawks of the Bay of Quinte, Donald Maracle. Now, despite this miracle, says Indigenous peoples volunteered for service in numbers disproportionate to their population. Who came came to those wars? So, the idea that there would be a great number out there whose graves don't reflect the sacrifice or the uh, sacrifice that they made to serve this country is an issue. Um, So the Last Post Foundation has gone about, Last Post Fund has gone about with a list of names that they were given by a researcher, has now set about working with Indigenous communities all over the country from the far north to out west out here in BC to uh, the Maritimes and beyond, that they've been looking to try to right that wrong. And it is a really interesting initiative. It's also a tough one because a lot of research needs to be done. So they've been working with local researchers as well, trying to learn more about the histories, trying to make sure that they find out where these graves are and how they can be uh, properly reflected. In other words, to provide them with a proper grave marker. Well, joining me now with more on this is Maria Trio. She is the Indigenous Project Coordinator at the Last Post Fund. Thank you for your time.
1: Hi, thanks, thanks for having me.
0: So tell me about this initiative because it's relatively new, um, but it, it's a really fascinating uh, project that you're, that you embarked upon. How did it come about?
1: Yeah, so it is relatively new. It started uh, March 2019, and sort of the initial spark for the project was that um, we saw on the news, so the last bosun director he saw that uh, a man by the name of Jan Castleno had researched the names of uh, the indigenous veterans that had served uh, in Canada. So he had compiled the list of World War I veterans, World War II, and Korea veterans, and some modern day. And so that kind of sparked the idea of, I wonder how many of these veterans on this list might be missing a uh, grave marker. So Yan Castle, no, he generously shared the list with the last post fund. And ever since we received the list, um, we sort of organized it by community, by province, and then we went on to um, contact um, the First Nation communities that were mentioned on the list.
0: Because it it is a big list.
1: Oh, it's huge. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the official number from uh, Veterans um, Canada, Mm -hmm. Veterans Affairs Canada, is that there's over – 12,000 Indigenous veterans that served. And the list more or less captures that number. So it is a list of over 12,000 names. Yeah.
0: So when you set about starting this, what did you find?
1: Well, we found that, um, so the first community that we worked with, um, they're in Quebec, they're called Kitigan Zibi. And um, that was the first community that Uh, was interested in the project, and um, they helped us find a researcher. And we found that, you know, some of the names that were on the list for Kitigan Zibi, Mm -hmm. some of the veterans were indeed missing a grave marker. Uh, Some already had one. And um, part of the program is also that if we've already placed a grave marker or Veterans Affairs has placed a grave marker before, will add um, the traditional or Indigenous name of the veteran to the existing grave marker. So we found that in that community, there was um, eight, I believe, around eight veterans um, that were missing their traditional Indigenous name, and the community wanted us to add it. So we we went ahead and and added that name.
0: How do you do that work? Because obviously, you have to communicate and liaise with the community to make sure that what you're doing is is, is culturally appropriate, that, that um, you know, how has that worked so far?
1: Yeah, I guess we're lucky because um, there's always like a willing researcher from the community that, um, you know, connects us with their families and um, does some of the research. So, for example, in Kitigan it was great because the person that we connected with he was a historian, so he already actually knew some of the traditional names, and um, he asked the families for us if they were interested in having the traditional name added to the tombstone, to the grave marker. Um, so we are lucky that most of the time someone from the community wants to connect with us and wants to um, is interested in, in the research and veterans. Um, so in that case... Um, yeah, like it makes the research a lot easier and we just we we follow exactly what the community wants within our guidelines of what we need to add to the grave marker.
0: Right. And and it and it's expanded from there. I was reading a story, I think, about uh the Northwest Territories. I mean it's it's you've been many different places now with this initiative.
1: Yeah, it's great. I think we've almost uh worked with uh a community in every province at this point. Um, so, um, yeah, so it's been great, especially in Northwest Territories. Um, what's been amazing is that a lot of the work that's happened there, it's in very remote communities. So like Aklavik, uh, So it's communities that we wouldn't have had access to, or we wouldn't have known there were veterans missing a grave marker. So we, when we connected the researcher there, he's a veteran, a retired veteran. His name is Floyd Powder. When we connected with him, we were really lucky because he already uh, had contacts, having been a veteran himself. Um, and um, and yeah, so there's communities that, um, you know, I don't really know the numbers off the top of my head, but you look at the map and you're like, wow, they're very, very north. So yeah, it's thanks to amazing volunteers like Floyd Powder that um, there's veterans in those communities um, that will be receiving or have already received the grave markers.
0: Yeah. Have you found, has it changed from community to community or is it there, have there been consistencies between communities? What have you, what is sort of your impression of what you found as you've gone out to see how many veterans didn't have marked graves, for instance?
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of, you know, some communities, there will only be like one person, you know, it might be like a list of 20 veterans, but there's only one person for whatever reason missing a grave marker. In other communities, um, it'll be like 10 people. So um, another community that we worked with was Kawakatu's First Nation. there in Saskatchewan. And there were some veterans in that community that already had a grave marker, but there was about 10 that were missing one. And so, you know, the researcher there, she helped us get in contact with the families. And I think what happens too, and that happens not just in the Indigenous Veterans Initiative, but our Unmarked Grave Program, the general program, mm-hmm. is that sometimes families... Um, they, they, they're under the impression that, that when a veteran passes away, they will be sent a grave marker automatically. But we have no way of knowing, right? So right. it's actually, we, have, we rely on the families to contact us. So if the family doesn't know, then we won't really know to send one. So I think that's what happens in some communities. They don't know about the program. So uh, or one family knows and then the rest don't know about it. So then we kind of end up with a community where there's, you know, at least 10 veterans missing a grave marker.
0: What's been the reaction when from the communities when you arrive to say or when you when you say this is how it works and here's what we're going to do?
1: Well, yeah. So mostly, I guess, a combination of COVID and just uh, how, you know, remote work is kind of uh, what we do. Mm-hmm. So the process is I, I call the band office and I ask if there's anyone that sort of focuses, focuses on veterans work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's a person and they'll direct me to them or sometimes it's someone from the band office. Um, And most of the times people are um, really um, interested in this work. Um, And they, you know, um, they're very interested in the fact that it's culturally sensitive as well. And, you know, um, not only do we add the traditional name of the veteran, but if there's a symbol that uh, is more meaningful to the community, uh, we will add that symbol to the grave marker instead of, You know, it used to be historically that automatically everyone was kind of given a cross as a symbol. Mm -hmm. But now we're, you know, we try to make the program as culturally sensitive as possible. And uh, we offer, uh, we've worked with a Cree artist who came up with seven designs for us. They're based on the seven sacred teaching um, symbols. And so it's like, there's like an eagle, a bear, um, uh, you know, all the seven sacred Teaching symbols are there and we we either offer those or if there's another culturally sensitive symbol, um, we you know, we go with that one. So um depending I think overall. Choice, yeah. yeah, depending yeah. on the choice. So I think yeah. overall the reaction is positive because we we wanna work with the families, um, to make sure they're happy.
0: What, what... When you look at where you'd like to take it from here, are you simply going to continue to work through that list of names that you have and try to make sure you get to every last one and make sure that every single Indigenous veteran in this country has the proper grave marker?
1: I think, yeah, definitely. That's that's definitely the ideal. Um, one thing we've worked on in the last year, it's, it's, it's sort of still in the making, but um, we're having a documentary film on the program coming up. Uh, We worked with two uh, filmmakers, um, indigenous filmmakers from New Brunswick. And um, we hope that with the film, uh, we'll get more outreach. So more families um, will know about the program. So that's definitely like a highlight that's coming up is that the film will be released um, in the summer of uh, 2023. Um, And then, and I guess, yeah, moving the program forward, making sure those communities that have like a very high number of veterans, um, you know, some communities on the list have over 50 veterans. So making sure that in the least, um, those communities with a lot of veterans are contacted and um, to see if there's interest in the program. Um, and yeah, and, 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 and reaching out to families to um, through the researchers.
0: Right. I suppose people can reach out to you too if they are, and do, do it the other way around if they feel that there's, there's there's interest or they feel like there there may be they may qualify for this.
1: Oh, definitely. And and we always tell people even if you have a doubt, you're not sure if they were a veteran, uh, we can always t- check for their service through Library and Archives Canada. So even if there's a t- a doubt or you know the family's not sure, it's always good to check. Um, so we definitely encourage families um to reach out to us and, and we can we can find out if they were a veteran for that person if they're in doubt.
0: You must have learned so much just in the in the three years so far. I mean, I guess it's a little less than three years, but uh no, three years now, but you must have learned so much doing this about the history of of, of Indigenous veterans.
1: Definitely. Um it's it's like a project that's Grown very close to my heart. So I've definitely learned a lot. Um, uh, And families have been just so generous with us in terms of sharing the story of the individual veteran, too. So um, I not only get to learn about the general history. Um, You know, the difficult part of it, which was, of course, that a lot of Indigenous veterans, um, they didn't receive the same benefits when they came back uh, from the war as the non-Indigenous veterans. So sort of learning that that history. But I've also the families have been so generous in sharing the actual individual stories of the veterans with me sometimes. So that's been really um, like a nice part of the project too. just learning about who the person was. and, um, and definitely learning about all the different, uh, communities across the country and the different languages as well, um, through the traditional, um, name that we put on the grave marker, mm-hmm. um, I've just, you know, I've learned little things like, for example, there's a Cree veteran that um, we worked with the family. And one thing I learned is in Cree, um, the letters are not capitalized. Mm-hmm. So it's just the little things like that that I've learned along the way that um, have made this project really interesting. And, and also just made me realize um, how important it is for all Canadians to know about this history.
0: Yeah, within the stories that you've heard, what has been the general sense of? Uh, because this is obviously a way of commemorating their service and their sacrifice. Um, does does do a lot of the families you speak to feel like this was something that was important to them?
1: Yeah, definitely. A lot of families are super proud of their veteran family member. Um, yeah, like the the different stories I've heard, like um, you know, some veterans serving without uh, knowing English, so they went off to europe and um you know they had that one more aspect that was difficult which was sometimes they didn't even know english but you know they they went ahead and uh, served anyways so just kind of learning all those stories of veterans being brave and and the families definitely feel proud of of how brave um the veterans were
0: so what's next Uh, you have i'm sure you have uh, people to talk to and and things coming up in the near future, where, where's the next, where's the next project taking you?
1: Well, I'm really hoping, um, I mean, just off the top of my head, Ontario has a lot of veterans, according to the list, I think over 5,000 indigenous veterans. And for whatever reason, we just haven't worked that with that many communities in Ontario. So I'm, I'm hoping that Ontario is going to be one of the, you know, provinces that we can focus on next. Um, yeah bc being one that for whatever reason we just had a lot of interest so you know bc is kind of like one province where i'm like okay the the research is going really well it's, we've worked with quite a few communities but ontario you know having a, a large number of veterans but where, where i'm thinking we need more work so i think one of the focuses will be ontario
0: well maria uh, thank you so much for explaining exactly what this initiative is all about and keep up the good work
1: Perfect. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak about it.